Hello and welcome to episode 188 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and Tony is with us here today. Hey, Tony, how, how's it hanging? How are you? It's going well, it's going well. Good, good. Well, uh, this week we on the podcast, we have Mazidar, uh, CEO and co-founder of OpenFin that has uh, you know come on the podcast to talk about uh, interoperability. interoperability. <laughs> um, but before we jump into that, I'd just like to talk about some of the news that we've been seeing and that we've posted up on the website this week. So um, earlier this week, ASX actually came up with a statement saying that they're going to be reviewing their chest replacement timeline, which kind of potentially means that it could um, the imp implementation of their DLT project could be pushed back a little bit further than their initial April 2021 um, timeline. And at the same time, um, the CAT has also been delayed, and Tony will go into that shortly. Um, but if anything that is, is certain, I think probably what we will be seeing in, in the next few, uh, I guess, weeks and months to come is more delays on maybe certain projects that uh, have been set out to happen this year. Uh, do you think the same, Tony? Yeah, I mean, so you know, we're already seeing, especially for big industry important um, rollout. So the Australian Securities Exchange uh, replacing chess with a, with a distributed ledger backed replacement. Um, that's going to require testing throughout the industry. And I guess they're, they're still on target, it sounds like, to, to yeah. run testing uh, for July. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So they're going to open it for testing from the developers point of view mm -hmm. um, in July and then later open it up to all users uh, in October. So, but anything beyond that will be uh, pushed back a little bit. But, and again, so you, you see it there, it's op so it's not this mandatory testing that has to begin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, similarly with the consolidated audit trail, the CAT here in the US, uh, the US uh, Securities Exchange, SEC, first put out a no action letter on March 17th because there were two big deadlines that were going to hit in April. Um, on April 6th, industry members and CAT reporting agents were to complete production readiness testing for equities. And then on 20, uh, April 20th, 420, smoke them if you got them, uh, it was supposed to, uh, was, that was the moment when a production go live date was supposed to happen. So for large industry members, and small oats, uh, which was the precursor to the cat, uh, small oats reporters. Now, if you want to uh, go live on the 20th, uh, apparently uh, Finra Cat says that yes, they will be able to go live, that you will be able to go live. Um, but none of this is mandatory. There won't be punishments handed out. Similarly for the ASX, um, you know, you don't have to go and start uh, testing um, in July. And I just, I, I, I'd be shocked if this is going to be a global event that's going to take more than just a couple weeks to unfold. You know, no matter what happens with how they open up the economies here in the U.S., Europe, and Asia, um, it's going to take a while for all this to kind of filter its way through. So. The disruption is going to last for several months, and I just think that these major projects are all going to be stalled, um, and that backlog is going to fall into 2021. And you know, even and through no fault of anybody's own, you know, these aren't 
you know, we've seen delays in the industry for some of these projects, but nothing that can really be avoided here. And you also, it's not like they're going to be able to just crack a whip on these firms that are, you know, got a report for the cat or that have to connect into the chess uh, replacement. You can't just expect to crack a whip and say, all right, let's just do this. We're going to do this next week. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's just kind of, a, I guess, give, giving participants also a little bit of a breather to also focus on their day-to-day operations, especially with so many people, uh, the, their workforce actually working from home or remotely, wherever that is, or on rotation at different sites. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're bound to see a few more delays, I think, yeah, especially for large-scale projects. Okay, well, um, well, that's it, and I'm sure we will be, we will continue to monitor um, uh, all these projects uh, that, that are coming about and that may be delayed. Um, and if anybody, but, if anybody yeah. wants to read any stories, um, Either, you know, so we were the ones that, you know, kind of first wrote about the consolidated audit trail being delayed. Um, Wei Shen wrote a good story about uh, the chess delay here. Um, So we're writing articles about how the coronavirus is affecting projects like that. We also have a bunch of stories that have gone live just as far as um, both how the alternative data industry is being used to help monitor the COVID-19 situation. Also, we have an article that's going up on um, early Thursday morning U.S. time, uh, Thursday afternoon Asia time, about the alternative data industry and how there could be some real problems facing the alternative data industry. Um, If you're a smaller player that was struggling to keep your head above water um, going into this pandemic, there, the VC funding is likely to, to to dry up. Angel investors are likely to kind of back away. Buy side firms are not going to be as likely not going to be as experimental as they were in the past. Um, so this could be a very, very difficult time for uh, alternative data providers in the coming months. And so we have an article about that going up. But we have a tag uh, for coronavirus and COVID-19 um, for anybody that wants to read any of our uh, articles on the subject. Yep. Yeah, we do. Okay. Well, with that, uh, we'll just jump straight through to um, my chat with uh, with Mazi, and uh, hope you guys enjoy that. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week. Okay. And now we're joined by Mazi Dar, the CEO at OpenFin. Hi, Mazi. How are you doing? Hi, Wishan. I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you, How are you dealing with the situation in New York? Are you at home? Uh, I am at home. Uh, we've been uh, working from home for just about two weeks now at OpenFin. Um, and uh, we're working from home, also schooling from home, which is a new exciting challenge. And uh, <laughs> you know, so far, so good. I, have, I, I don't know if you've seen the, the meme out there. Um, I mean, uh, a lot of uh, kids are schooling from home now, right? So parents have been <laughs> going a bit crazy. Is that the same for you? <laughs> We, we've uh, certainly had our share of meltdowns. <laughs> so are schools equipped? Um, are schools well equipped in in New York to do that? To uh, I guess school from home. Uh, our kids go to a great uh, public school all the way downtown in Manhattan, uh, PS two seventy six. Um, they uh, they seem uh, quite well prepared. They've started 
to do uh, online classes, and they're primarily using uh, Zoom for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also using uh, Google Classroom to, you know, to hand out assignments and and you know uh, take them back remotely. So, uh, so it's actually been uh, it's it's been pretty good so far. There, there's still some kinks they're working out, um, and it's new for everybody. But uh, but it's actually gone, uh, I guess, better than expected. Okay, that's cool. Because I, I I know um, I mean here in Hong Kong, some some schools have been doing that, but I've heard other schools are not. So basically, uh, the kids have gone for months <laughs> without any without doing anything. Um, I I don't know how yeah. that's going to work, and like school's going to be closed here at least for. Um, the near future until until at least Easter holidays. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's it's uh, equally uncertain here, and I think in in London, uh, they they're now in a full lockdown mode as of today. It looks like so. Uh, mm. Feels like it's going to be be a mixed bag. I was wondering today whether uh, they would, you know, if if we're on the other side of this in June July, if if they would extend. The, the school year into the late summer, um, mm. but I uh, <laughs> but I guess time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. So, well, speaking speaking about the disruption that's going on, I'm just wondering at, at OpenFin itself, has there been any disruptions in terms of implementations due to uh, the coronavirus uh, situation around the world? And you know, maybe um, how has um, cloud played a part in this? Yeah. Um, so, look, we've um, you know we're quite fortunate uh, in uh, in that we can work from home uh, without uh, any real difficulty. Most of the company uh, is uh, you know engineers, um, most of whom are already uh, used to occasionally working from home. So you know they they have setups and uh, and they're they're already collaborating online using uh, Slack. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, so that's gone well. The the our sales process uh, also, you know, we've the what would have been you know in person meetings have moved to uh, to primarily Zoom uh, meetings, um, and so uh, so those have proceeded as well. Although, you know, everybody's got fire drills and all sorts of other things happening. So um, so we are seeing seeing uh, meetings get delayed and uh, and that kind of thing. Um, probably the 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 most obvious uh, impact uh, has been to all of the industry conferences that we're you know we tend to uh, to go to uh, you know a fair number of industry conferences you know we we met in uh, in Singapore yeah. um, last November right and so you know I, I think we were on schedule to to be at maybe twenty uh, or twenty five conferences this year. Pretty much all of which have been canceled already, and I'm I'm expecting that the remainder will be canceled as well. Mm. Um, so that so so that's been one that's been a really big uh, change, and we're you know we're really thinking about uh, um, a more digital uh, approach, and you know so we're you know participating in uh, programs like this, which is terrific, as well as webinars that we've conducted. We did one last week. Uh, we had 200 people show up to. A webinar we did about uh, our new offering, which is the the OpenFin platform API, um, and so we're, we're we're really focused on uh, you know staying in touch with the customers uh, online while we're while we're all uh, social distancing. 
Okay, great. Yeah, that's that's right with the conferences. I mean, even even ours has been uh, has had to be pushed back. So far, we have not cancelled any. It was just just we're just postponing them. I think it's been the same around here in Asia too. Some of the big conferences that have been happening in the region have been just pushed back to later part of the year. Um, well, we don't know if that will still go on. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's just something. It's it. You can't help it, right? I mean. There's nothing we can do, really, and social distancing right. is think, important at this point. Yeah, I think do, do, doing nothing is, uh, I think, what the, <laughs> the, the the right approach right now. Um, <laughs> the uh, but you know you mentioned uh, you mentioned cloud uh, earlier. Um, yeah. That that's a that's a really interesting one that we're that we're seeing uh, develop, and I think it's you know right right now it's it's become even more topical. Uh, you know when you have uh, when you have uh, so many people at banks and, and asset managers now working from home, uh, a, a lot of them are uh, reliant on infrastructure that is uh, that is primarily on-prem, on-premises, yeah. uh, rather than being in the cloud. Um, and uh, and that's you know that's that's already proving to be uh, quite a challenge for many firms. Um, I was you know I was uh, speaking with uh, some folks from a large bank today. Uh, and they were trying to, you know, you know, demo uh, something that they had built, and you know, there's just a huge amount of latency, uh, things, you know, coming up slowly, and you know, they kept saying, you know, we're we're still we're still figuring this all out. We're we're on a on a on a VPN, um, and uh, you know, I think this is this is a real wake up call for our industry um, because you know we've. We've largely stuck to an on-premises approach for anything that is confidential, you know, uh, customer mm. data, private data, uh, and we've done that in the name of uh, security and uh, and data privacy, which you know is obviously incredibly important. But you realize at a time like this that you know that that sort of approach uh, becomes incredibly problematic and and is now you know contributing to a huge hit in productivity. Um, and uh, quite frankly, the the scale and the resilience uh, and the agility that the cloud offers, uh, particularly in this kind of environment, is something that we should all be really benefiting from. Um, and so I think I think we're 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 going to, as an industry, need to embrace the cloud uh, much more proactively uh, and come to terms with uh, some of the concerns that people have around uh, security and compliance. Now that doesn't mean compromising security and compliance. Uh, it, it simply means you know, taking advantage of all the great tools that are available in, in the cloud from the major cloud providers mm. uh, and, uh, and, and doing that uh, while we very aggressively move, uh, move infrastructure uh, more to the cloud. Okay, okay. So do you see, I mean, so those that you're talking about, especially um, as what you've experienced, uh, you know, with the maybe home bandwidth not as good, or maybe they have problems connecting to the VPN. Um, you know, how how do you see the what kind of conversations are you having with uh, with some of your clients or potential clients, and in, in terms of like how they are adopting the cloud? Well, look, we um, we uh, have heard from you know many, if not most, banks about the, the kind of hoops that they need to jump through 
to be able to uh, to use the cloud themselves uh, and to use cloud-based services. Uh, even uh, a platform like Salesforce.com that's been around for you know uh, nearly 20 years now, actually mm. it's more than 20 years now, um, and that that many banks use. Uh, at a number of firms, they need to get special exceptions for Salesforce.com because uh, because there's customer data that that resides in the cloud. Now, you know, uh, so 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 that's an that's an ongoing challenge that you know that that we should have solved uh, by now as an industry. Um, but uh, but then there's all of the then there's all the other systems that just run on-prem and private data centers managed by uh, by uh, banks and others. Uh, and uh, and you know that most of that data has not moved to the cloud yet, um, and, and that means that in this kind of environment, it's uh, it's incredibly inaccessible. Um, you know to you know to access that data, you have to be on the network. To be on the network, you have to be on a VPN connection of some kind. In most cases, those kinds of connections add latency, um, and so you have end users who are already you know. You know, power end users who who don't like waiting for you know seconds or ten seconds or thirty seconds for things to happen. <laughs> uh, you're you you you're you're seeing you know more and more of that um, in this kind of environment. Um, and uh, you know, and 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 uh, you know, and then you know, you have to start thinking about well, who 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 do we trust more to manage this infrastructure? Who has the scale to you know to to deal with? Uh, you know, um, uh, disaster recovery and uh, and being able to move uh, you know move data and move compute from one region to another, depending on you know what what the situation warrants. Um, and I think you know the folks who uh, who understand this kind of infrastructure know that firms like Google and Amazon and Microsoft have a, a level of scale that um, that that frankly banks. Uh, will will struggle uh, to match, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, and that you know, figuring out really how to embrace that technology is is both a way to just create agility in general and and resilience in general, but also particularly an environment like the one that we're in right now, uh, you know, can have uh, huge benefits. Right, right, okay. Well, coming back to. I guess how OpenFin has been doing. I mean, have you in this, I guess, troublesome time? <laughs> uh, have there been any pushbacks in terms of uh, maybe some of the smaller projects that you're working on, or um, have there been any needs to like work around for some of them? So far, uh, thankfully, no. Um, although, um, I, you know, I fully expect that to change. Uh, my guess is that. You know, as uh, as things progress, particularly uh, if uh, you know if folks are uh, you know w- you know working from home for an extended period of time, uh, and you know things get worse uh, at a macroeconomic level, they're already in pretty bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that you know firms will be looking to uh, you know cut any project that is discretionary uh, and to um, you know and to really you know, uh, r- review, you know, uh, you know, all the, all the ongoing projects. Now, um, one of the nice things about, uh, you know, the, the kinds of projects we're involved with is they're all about, you know, improving productivity, uh, and, you know, and helping, 
uh, helping you know banks and asset managers and the the industry you know uh, providers uh, to modernize, um, mm-hmm. and and that's something that. Uh, you know, many firms are saying to us, look, we, we want to use this time to really double down on uh, on product development and to to get to a lot of things that, frankly, it, it, you know, it's hard to get to in, you know, in the day to day when there are so many other things going on. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing some folks using this as an opportunity to take a deep breath and to, you know, to focus on uh, on execution, on product development. Uh, and so far, you know, our you know, we, we were with our um, team earlier today, we were looking at kind of support call volumes uh, and they've been really steady, you know, since the beginning of the, of the year. Um, so, to, so to look at those volumes, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really see uh, or, or notice that anything uh, uh, meaningful has changed. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so, I, so I do think we're, uh, we're going to, um, we're going to see some folks uh, looking at uh, eliminating some of the projects that are discretionary, but there's a ton of investment that people have already made and will want to continue to make, uh, you know, to to ensure that their uh, their infrastructure is, uh, you know, is providing the the, the kind of uh, you know the, the kind of productivity that they want to deliver to their end users. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but since um, many people are working from home at many firms at that, uh, you know, how, um, I guess if, if they're working on a specific project with OpenFin, has that timeline kind of slowed down a little bit or um, is, is everything on, uh, I guess, on track? You know, it's, it's really been, a, uh, I would say, a mixed bag. Um, there are, in some cases, I've noticed things, uh, you know, uh, speeding up. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, part of why I think that is, is that, you know, when, when people are working from home uh, and there's less of the, the day-to-day of kind of the, the fires to put out from a business perspective, uh, mm-hmm. that now they have the time to focus on some of the things that might have just sort of been on the back burner for a while. Uh, so we've definitely heard from many of our customers, like, you know, folks at the, at the largest banks, reaching out on topics that have been on the radar for a while, but haven't been at the top of the list. Uh, and uh, and now it seems they're finding the time to bring those things to the top of the list. Um, and at the same time, there are firms uh, who, you know, and, and folks we deal with at, at many of the banks who um, are uh, essentially in fire drills trying to, you know, help. Uh, their businesses adapt to the the work from home environment, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and that's definitely uh, for for some of them creating a distraction. Uh, and so my guess is that will inevitably uh, end in some delays. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely been uh, a mix. One of the banks that we uh, that we um, spoke to last week said that they had sent you know a, a third of their staff was was. Uh, still going in the office, uh, a third was working from home, and a third was at a disaster uh, uh, recovery site. Um, and you know, for those working from home, uh, they, uh, you know, the particularly folks in the front office, traders, um, were, uh, you know, almost immediately, re- you know, finding that, you know, working on a on a laptop when they used to have a three monitor or six monitor display, uh, <laughs> simply wasn't going to work. 
Uh, and so many of them were rushing, you know, computers and monitors uh, to these folks and, you know, and helping them get set up at home. Uh, so th there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, uh, you know, has gone on the last few weeks and is, and is still going on now to, uh, you know, to, you know, to, to ensure that people can uh, continue, uh, you know, doing their jobs from home. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I think for some that's created a distraction for others, uh, it's created some, some breathing room to, to, to focus on things that, uh, that they haven't had time in the past. That's really interesting. Okay. Um, well, you know, with interoperability coming, uh, becoming more popular, what, how and what will the future OMS and EMS platforms look like? So, yeah, you know, uh, interoperability when it comes to OMS, EMS is, uh, you know, um, interesting and, and uh, kind of breaks down uh, by, uh, by asset class. Uh, you know, in the uh, in the the equities world, um, there, there's already quite a bit of, uh, of of integration between you know various platforms and already uh, a lot of interoperability uh, that um, you know that, that that's in place. Um, the, the the same isn't uh, true in the the fixed income world where you have a lot of uh, different siloed platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and there, there's a, there's a much greater need for interoperability and a lot a lot more work uh, that, uh, that that needs to be done. Um, so um, so yeah so you know I, uh, you know in the first category with with um, uh, with equities um, there's there's still for sure uh, opportunities for example to integrate uh, data insights into the workflow uh, and AI and 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 other intelligence uh, from from new uh, from new applications that are being developed, uh, you know, um, you know whether that's uh, you know bots or or other uh, intelligent applications that that, that firms are developing, um, and uh, you know I would say for fixed income it's there's there's a more lower hanging fruit than that you know to to stitch up the workflow, um, so you know it's uh, it's uh, you know still uh, in in many areas here it's it's early days, um, I think. Uh, which you and I have spoken in the past about the the, the FDC three uh, yeah. initiative. Um, that's uh, financial desktop connectivity. It's like fix for for desktops, um, and essentially it's the language that that enables desktop applications to talk to one another, and it, it, it enables interoperability. Um, the the uh, the FTC three standard uh, that's supported it, it's, it runs under the auspices of Finos. Uh, the fintech open source foundation and uh, is supported by you know many of the, the large banks and you know and uh, and major platforms uh, like Faxan and uh, IHS market Refinitiv and others um, and um, and so 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 firms are adopting uh, that standard but we're still in the the early days of that adoption um, and so you know one of the things that uh, I would encourage uh, all firms to do who are part of that that workflow where whether they have applications where, whether they you know provide an OMS or EMS uh, solution or they're you know an application that that would be part of that workflow um, is to uh, is to not uh, wait for others uh, and to get started on uh, on you know FTC3 compliance today uh, and 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 make your apps FTC3 ready today um, and uh, and there are firms out there like Faxet, as an example, who 
uh, who already have uh, an FTC3 ready solution who you can experiment with and who you can who, who you can uh, connect to uh, using that standard. Um, and the best part about it is it's it's actually a fair fairly small amount of work. Implementing FTC3 standards is is a is a low lift by design, uh, and uh, and so that means that. Uh, you know, there the, the the cost benefit is really good. There's you know you get you get a lot of benefit of interoperability with a fairly low investment of development resources. Hmm. Um, yeah. So what exactly is involved? You say there's minimal work involved. Um, you know, with getting their applications FTC three ready um, or compliant. Uh, what what exactly is involved? There? Could you give me an example of that? And also, you know. Why why is adoption taking so long or so slow? I mean, what what is holding firms back? Uh, absolutely. So so what's involved, um, you know, is that there there uh, you know FTC three uh, provides for a uh, quite a simple uh, API uh, that uh, that enables uh, enables the interoperability um, and. Uh, and that API uh, allows you, for example, to to do things like uh, broadcast uh, context, right? So so that means so imagine I'm in an internal uh, order blotter, uh, and let's say it's you know uh, equities tickers or QSIPs for corporate bonds that I'm looking at. Um, you know I want to be able to click a QSIP or click an equity ticker and have that context broadcast. Uh, out to you know other applications on the desktop, so they can show me information that they have for that same QSA for that same uh, equity ticker, uh, and uh, you know, and to do that, there's uh, there's a simple API, I believe, you know, it's called Broadcast Context, uh, and you know, it's you know uh, probably a, a line or two of code uh, that you would need to write uh, to uh, to do that work. Uh, and uh, by doing that, uh, suddenly you're now, you know, creating interoperability with all the other applications that that talk FDC three uh, on that desktop. Um, so that's one example. Uh, another example is uh, is um, you know uh, to do with uh, what are called intents. So that's uh, that's uh, intent as an in intention, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and intents are essentially workflow instructions. So, for example, uh, an intent may be view chart, right? So, in that same order blotter, maybe I have a little chart icon next to an equity ticker. I want to click that chart icon and invoke a charting app that shows me a chart for that equity ticker. Uh, so, you know, the there's an there's an API for that. I believe it's uh, raise intent, uh, and so you would, you know, call that API and pass it the context, which is the equity ticker. Uh, that would have the effect of invoking, you know, uh, an application on that desktop that can show you a chart for that uh, for that equity ticker. So, you know, these are, you know, it's a few lines of code, very simple to do, um, and uh, and the whole concept is that if everyone uh, implements to the standard, uh, then everybody is default interoperable, rather than uh, each firm, uh, you know. Um, doing a bespoke integration to you know each app doing a bespoke integration to every other app mm. um, now um, to your question about 
uh, it being early days and why is it taking some time? Um, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a bad analogy, but, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll illustrate the point. Um, uh, so, so the bad analogy is that, uh, you know, today uh, we're doing something that's sort of like, you know, uh, dating by going to a bar. Uh, and uh, and where we need to be is dating like using Tinder. Um, and um, <laughs> that's, that's my bad analogy. I, I, I apologize uh, for it in advance. Um, but, you know, the the um, you know, the, the analogy holds because you know, if you think about um, how two firms decide, hey, I'm going to spend some time, you know, uh, you know, uh, implementing the FTC three APIs. Uh, usually what's happening at each firm is they're they're thinking well who who else might i you know who else might i uh, integrate with um and um and you know what will i get out of that what is the roi and therefore where should i put it in my prioritization queue right and you know they'll hear that another firm that that may be relevant to them is also interested in fdc3 and so they get together and they have a conversation and you know, try to figure out, well, you know, how could we wire our applications up? And, but depending on what comes out of that, that may be something that falls high on the priority list, or it may fall low on the priority list, right? And that, and that decision for every firm to only do the implementation because they're talking to one other firm, that's, that's what's uh, holding things back. Um, what, where we uh, could be and where, uh, where we're expecting to be uh, later this year is having created the catalyst for lots of firms to be on the standard and for, you know, with, with a relatively small investment from each firm for them to know that lots of other firms have already done that integration and therefore they could be interoperable with all of those firms that, that increases the value of doing that integration uh, and helps accelerate the adoption across the industry. Um, so at OpenFin, we're working really hard on how do we create that catalyst? How do we get the right firms around the table, you know, doing that work? What are the in incentives that we can create for them? Uh, and uh, and, and that, that's a big part of what we're working on this year. Okay. So what are some of those catalysts that will, I guess, push them forward? Well, uh, you know, it starts with thinking about the end users' workflows. And thinking about the the different personas, so whether you're talking about traders or salespeople, you know, portfolio analysts, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, you know, what are the core uh, applications that that they use to do uh, to do their work, uh, and you know, where are the opportunities to be able to, you know, go from you know from one application to uh, you know an action uh, in another application where there's where you're you know, uh, you're uh, getting to a, uh, a decision faster, you're, you know, reducing operational risk by eliminating rekeying, uh, and, uh, or you're pushing intelligence to the front uh, at, at a moment when it's contextually relevant, right? So those are all, those are all the, the potential benefits of having uh, this kind of interoperability. Um, so we start by looking at those, uh, at those personas, and then therefore, you know, figuring out what are the applications they're using. Um, the the nice thing uh, today about where we are uh, with OpenFin is that uh, there are over a hundred banks, uh, asset managers, 
and uh, and uh, financial services providers who have now built applications on top of OpenFin, right? So that's you know mm-hmm. all but two of the the the, the major uh, global dealers. Uh, you know, you know most of the uh, the, the well-known uh, asset managers, uh, many major uh, you know financial services platforms, uh, and and so uh, so that means that for any given persona, they will have already running on OpenFin. Uh, a, a meaningful number of, of applications that they're using uh, that can uh, that can easily opt into FTC three, um, and um, and so uh, so that's where that's where we're focused. Is start with the persona, figure out what the workflows are that will really add value and and you know uh, and drive ROI, uh, and then uh, work uh, collaboratively with those firms, you know the the vendors as well as the the banks and the buy side firms uh, to uh, to get this uh, at the top of their priority queue uh, for their uh, for their 2020 development. Now, the good good news is that interoperability is already uh, is already very very high on the radar at most firms. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's just a question from moving from sort of what everybody would like, which is everything to work nicely together, to the the reality of having implemented that, uh, which uh, you know which you know takes work and coordination. Uh, and uh, and that's uh, a big part of what we're we're focused on. Okay, I mean, but a, a lot of these uh, interoperability standards have been more at the front office, right? Um, how do you see it? Or what 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 is the push to kind of bring it also to the middle and back office? Uh, for sure, look, you know, we're we're seeing those opportunities in middle and back office, um, you know, as well. I'll, I'll give you a simple example, uh, you know, uh, which is, you know, uh, something I spent a lot of time on in my in my previous life uh, when I worked with um, with Mark Beeston and some other folks on an initiative called T Zero, uh, which is all about you know ensuring you get trade data correct on trade date, um, and uh, and and what we see with uh, with middle office uh, uh, platforms is. You know, a lot of it has to do with exception processing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you find out you have a trade break or a you know, payment break or, or uh, you know, some other error, and and now you have to figure out what happened. Like your data doesn't match your customers' data, et cetera. Now you have to figure out what happened. Well, you know, uh, often to figure out what happened, you need to be, you know, uh, inspecting, you know, five or ten different systems, right? Because <laughs> that's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the data resides in lots of different systems, uh, and so. Uh, so that's a simple example of, you know, uh, you know, if you have simple interoperability that allows you to go from uh, a trade ID that you know uh, to pulling up information across, you know, five or ten different systems with a click of a button, so you can you can see exactly, you know, what's happened with that trade across different systems. That's that's a, the exact kind of thing that allows you to, you know. Uh, uh, reduce the amount of time that you you have to spend uh, investigating each of these issues, uh, and so we're seeing that that kind of those kinds of opportunities uh, in lots of areas beyond uh, beyond the front office, um, and um, you know and that 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 goes from the middle office. It goes to support uh, and and help desk type uh, types of uh, functions, uh, as well as just you know generally uh, you know uh, within. Uh, you know, within any firm, you know, uh, if you think about, you know, your your intranet and getting to, 
you know, uh, something simple like somebody's phone number within your firm or their their title, right? How do you, you know, how do you easily pull up data that you have uh, within your, uh, you know, uh, on your intranet uh, where it's hard to find? Uh, and th those are the kinds of things that FTC3 can help with, uh, with a click of a button of pulling that data to the front when you need it, uh, rather than uh, leaving uh, every employee to have to go dig for that information. So we're seeing, you know, uh, many of the biggest banks making this kind of investment um, across their organization, not just in their front office, uh, but across their entire organization. Uh, and it's all about workforce productivity, um, and uh, you know, and 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 it's a big driver of ROI. Okay. Um, uh, also, last year, last year, OpenFin actually raised um, seventeen million uh, from your Series C funding. Um, I'm just wondering how else uh, have you been using these funds to further product innovation and what are some of the things that you're going to be working on this year? Yeah, so it, it actually ended up being uh, 22 million um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, at the end of it. Yeah, no, it, it, you're you're absolutely right because we um, initially we had Wells Fargo, uh, Barclays, um, mm -hmm. uh, JP Morgan, uh, Bank Capital Ventures and uh, and Pivot in the round, uh, and then uh, and then a little bit later in the year, uh, HSBC also uh, made an investment. So uh, so that was the uh, that was the um, uh, what brought the total number to to twenty two million. Um, so yeah, so you know we've been uh, we've been putting that uh, capital to work already. Um, investing in uh, in engineering and uh, and sales and, uh, and and product development. Um, one one of the things we we've done now is we've uh, we have um, uh, somebody in uh, in Asia for the first time, actually in in, in your fair city in Hong Kong, um, uh, a gentleman named uh, Jesper uh, Brun Olsen, uh, who uh, who uh, you know has been uh, working closely with us. In fact, I was on a I was in a Zoom with him. My morning must have been in the middle of his night, uh, but uh, he, you know, he he joined us for our all hands meeting, um, and so he's, you know, he's now actively engaging uh, with with customers in, uh, you know, in uh, you know the, the Asian markets, um, and uh, and yeah, we've we've grown our our engineering teams uh, as well as uh, as well as um, you know our product team uh, and sales teams. Uh, and, um, you know, we have a lot planned for this year. There's, you know, uh, there's so much that we've been hearing from, from our existing customers, um, basically saying to us, look, uh, we love your product. Uh, we've built a lot of, uh, a, a lot of our apps on top of your product. Um, and, uh, and, and there's a lot more that we want to do. Uh, and we would like for you, OpenFin, to... Uh, to to help us not have to do uh, as much. There are things that our customers have been building that, frankly, uh, you know, is is not um, uh, is not uh, anything to do with their core business. Um, it, you know, so it's you know, it's a it's a development effort. You know, focused on things that for them are non-strategic, uh, and that uh, and that frankly we're better placed to deliver. Um, one example of that is uh, with our uh, our new platform API. Um, mm -hmm. So so th this this API is aimed at 
uh, is, you know, as the name would suggest, is aimed at teams who are building platforms, right? So whether that's an internal platform, which is, you know, a, a bank's app store, or it's their customer facing platform, it could be uh, their single dealer platform, uh, or, uh, you know, or a you know, market data platform. Uh, what the new API does is it, it makes it really, really easy to create a really great multi-window desktop experience where you can, you know, uh, uh, snap windows together and tab them and and create a really cohesive visual experience uh, and um, and interoperability and workflow are a key part of that. Um, and uh, and and so that's an example of uh, something that didn't used to be part of the OpenFin offering, uh, but is now very core to our offering and. You know that that came about because our customers were saying, "Look, we're finding ourselves having to build this kind of functionality, and you know, and it's really hard. Uh, and so we'd like you to please do it." Uh, and so we've made that investment, and there are a number of other things that we're working on that are in that same theme, kind of the, the next layer of of uh, of intelligence, of uh, you know, of tools that will make it easier to surface content uh, and to make that easily available and you know, put it in the hands of end users without uh, every development team having to do a ton of work. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that's a lot of what's coming later this year. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and so far the, 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 the you know, situation uh, with working from home, et cetera, hasn't, uh, hasn't slowed us down one bit. In fact, uh, if anything, we're, you know, we're accelerating, uh, accelerating the, the development on all of those projects. That's good to hear. So, um, well, before we, we wrap up, maybe just a last question to you. So, and perhaps maybe you addressed this earlier too, but I just want to kind of like bring it together. Um, you know, what are the maybe two things that you would like to see, you know, happen this year for interoperability as, as a whole? So, uh, the, you know, the, the first one, uh, is is really yeah we we touched on it earlier it's it's really about um, a a meaningful number of firms having implemented FTC three standards uh, in a production environment right and uh, you know uh, you know that we're, this is the year when that's going to happen you know the, the last couple of years were spent on you know, building standards and agreeing the standards and and people having some early uh, you know early experiments with it. Uh, this is the year when, uh, when we're going to be putting a lot more of this into production, and we're going to have a, uh, you know, a, a critical mass of firms uh, who are using FTC three standard. Um, uh, Could this so, be quantified? Well, um, look, the, um, uh, it, you know, it, it starts with uh, firms, um, you know, firms adopting it in. In uh, let's say small ways while they're experimenting, um, we would look at let's say the top 20 banks, the top 20 you know, buy side firms, you know the 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 top 20 or so uh, you know major uh, providers of you know financial uh, applications and services, right? And so I think you know uh, I think you know we would like to see uh, a, a meaningful number of those firms uh, have adopted the standards uh, by the end of the year. Uh, and you know, and we're working with them uh, closely to help uh, to help make that happen. Um, so yeah, I, th I think it can be quantified in 
you know, looking at the number, you know, in the first instance, the number of firms who are using the standards, that means they've, you know, they, they've implemented it and, and, and had some success with it. The next phase is, you know, the, the number of applications themselves and the number of integrations. Uh, and so, uh, and, and so, yeah, it can absolutely be quantified, but, you know, we, we want to walk before we're, you know, jogging and running. Uh, so we're, you know, we're starting with, uh, you know, simple use cases and and you know low hanging fruit that can lead to immediate um, uh, immediate ROI for firms. Now, the 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 second and very related part of this, because um, you asked me for two things, um, is uh, <laughs> is uh, for us to actually see that ROI, um, and um, you know, and to uh, and to to be able to quantify it in in dollar terms. Right, because ultimately, you know, if we can have uh, a number of examples, number of use cases where firms have done that kind of an integration, and that leads to, you know, productivity that can be quantified, and someone can put a dollar number to, I did this integration in, you know, a matter of days or weeks, uh, it saved me or made me X amount of dollars. Um, that's the kind of thing that helps uh, everybody else make that internal case to uh, you know to prioritize this work. Um, so th so that's the other thing I'd like to see is uh, is this quantified in terms of uh, dollars by the firms who are early. Uh, and so they can they can really set uh, set the the pace and 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 make the case for uh, for other firms who are uh, you know who are uh, you know uh, you know uh, not as quick to to do the implementation. Right, right. Okay, that'll be interesting to see how um, yeah that, how that plays out um, later this year, and I am sure this is this won't be the last time that we'll hear from you. Um, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week, Mazi. I'm really uh, appreciative that you've taken some of your time to talk to me. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Really appreciate the opportunity. Okay, thank you, Mazi. All right, thanks. I wish I'm.